SMQBs. This is episode 90, the big 9-0. We're going to cover the NFL week 10. We have a World Cup preview with some damn good coverage and predictions from the group. Uh, you won't want to miss that. Also, a little quick round the horn, some quick hitters. Too many people to punch this week. We get a bunch of them in and a number of really good Ted Lassos. Check us out. Leave us five-star review. Thanks for listening. Have fun. into it two seconds ago smqbs this is the chatty number 90 we're getting off to a uh a raucous start here there's a lot to talk about in episode 90 what we're not going to cover are the eagles commanders game tonight because uh i don't i don't want to talk about it uh it hasn't happened yet and i it could be a winner I'm, that's right it hasn't happened yet i'm wiping it out of my memory okay let's get to number 90 um this number 90 Played in a final four. He got scored 21 points and grabbed 10 rebounds in his last game, a second round loss to Penn State. Penn after State. that, yeah, after that's who they lost to. After that, he was a three time first team all pro and a three time second team all pro, a nine time pro bowler. He's on the NFL 2000s All-Decade Team. Oh, 2010 Julius All-Decade Peppers. Team. Julius yes. Uh, oh, wow. Did you catch that? He switched Peppers from was number 90. Wait, I was yes. totally confused there. Did you, switch, did you catch the switch there? Yeah. 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 No, but I'm, I thought Julius Peppers, but wait, wait. Final UNC four. and the Bears. UNC they didn't the lose Bears. to Penn State in any Final Four. Second, second round, round, he said. Oh, okay. Second round. Yeah. Wow. Julius Peppers. I don't think he was number that. 90 at Carolina, though. Well, he was in the NFL. Okay. So did you and, have any uh, um also rands for number 90? Um, yeah, there's some there's some good ones, although not really great. Neil Smith, uh, mm. pretty good number mm-hmm. 90. Javon Curse. Oh, yeah, number he was 90. Good. Go get he was pretty good. good. Um you know, so uh, wow, what interesting. else? Though? But but I mean, um, Peppers really did have a heck of a career. I mean, you know, he was a 2002. He was the second pick in the draft. Um, he played until from 2002 to 18. That's a long. That's NFL a long time. Career, yeah. Part. Yeah. Uh, was, was he the, only on the Panthers, or did no? He went. No, he was on the Bears. That's right, Panthers, the Bears. Panthers, Bears, Packers, and back to the Panthers at the end. That's right. Um, I remember when he went back. Yeah. How's everybody doing? What's going on? We don't have much to talk about. Boring NFL weekend, right? Really right. boring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Boring. Holy shit. Uh, House, let's get into the NFL. Let's do it. So, I don't know. I saw our boy Ryan Rapley post today that it was the greatest NFL game of all time. I mean, hmm. oh, wait come a on. second. Come on. I mean, it was a very good game. The Vikings I'll, I'll give you game of the year. It's going to probably be the game of the year, and it's undoubtedly going to be the catch of the year uh, by J. Jeff. But uh, 
I don't know, guys. We could have a whole episode on that game alone and some of the play blunders, coaching blunders, how to run a QB sneak, how not to run a QB sneak. Uh, It's funny. The Eagles have been thriving on the QB sneak all year. And Jason Kelsey, their all-pro center, has a very, very funny Twitter feed. And he posted – and he's like live tweeting during the game. He's like – this game has set back the QB sneak decades <laughs> you know, because, because I cannot believe that cousins could not get in from that half yard line at the end of the game. And then how hard is it to effing transfer ball forward? The ball? Oh my God. Listen, I don't know where you guys thought Josh Allen was as an MVP candidate, but he certainly slipped after yesterday. I mean, he really screwed up that game. Twice. I mean, I mean, three over three turnovers in fourth quarter and overtime. To be fair on the fumble, though, I mean, they literally had like half an inch. I mean, there was th- that just when they lined up, I was like, you know, this is going to be interesting because the Vikings were just chomping at the bit to, to get in there. And they really were like in, they were in the damn end zone. This could have been a safety. Easily. Exactly. Yeah. But the safety would have been okay. I mean, the safety, yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been behind. They would, they were up 27, True. 23 it would have been 27, 25, but then you're punting out of your own end zone. With right. Like 50 seconds left. For the That's end. plenty of time and for a field, a field goal. goal then wins it. Yeah. You can't yeah. take a safety. So you guys well, you definitely don't want to give up a touchdown. What, That's what, a damn what, fucking what would have no, been just, more, what would have been really interesting would have been if he had taken the ball back and Throwing a quick pass, right? Well, you've got to actually yards, get, would have been a hundred yard touchdown. Well, got to yeah. get the ball. Was yeah. Josh Allen going to sneak that? Yes, yeah. that yeah. was the play, right? Yes, okay. yeah. he wasn't going to handle it and, and without he, the football. And he's clearly one of the most mobile, strong quarterbacks. I mean, he was making plays on the ultimately what would tie the game. Yeah. Uh, with that field goal drive, I mean, some of his plays and athleticism and strength were insane. It's remarkable he couldn't have that. But I don't know what to say anymore about Jay Jeff, other than what I texted you guys during the game, which I really think we are seeing the next one of the great wide receivers. Um, like David Tyree. <laughs> yeah. oh God, I can't even believe it was a that very happened. Tyree-esque reception. <laughs> We just set ourselves back to episode 17 with that comment. Jeez. You know, <laughs> Rooster in his natural uh, giants loved him, oh, you know, made the comparison at the time to OBJ and that one handed grab. But, but sure. I, 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 you know, of course that was on the Odell catch was unbelievable. But he was not really well defended. This guy was double teamed and went up with one hand, pulling it out of somebody with two hands. I just don't remember Same. a catch like that. Yeah. That was better than the OBJ catch. I'll give you that. And, and, and by the way, the second best catch of the season might have happened about eight minutes before that when Diggs went up yeah. and one-handed one. And, and you know, Diggs felt like he had the catch of the year, and it lasted about, about eight minutes before he was outdone. Jefferson's like, hey, hold my beer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I do yeah. think the one thing that – Buffalo will continue to be haunted by um, as, as will Minnesota is yes. It's exciting to watch those kinds of plays, but both those teams have porous defenses that can let up big plays. Yep. And yep. I think that's going to catch up to them uh, come playoff time. Defense does win championships. And I both think 
those they have holes. But there's no question. I mean, Minnesota has done some impressive things lately. Uh, I think somehow quietly with this remarkable story we keep talking about every week with Tua and his injury, the Finns are in first place of the AFC East. Can, can we, wait, I want to just go back real quickly to the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, I know he's a little bit of like a like an easy target, and he's kind of a clown. And and God, he makes some throws though. I mean, did you see the throw in overtime down towards? Maybe it was maybe it was going down when he didn't get the sneak. But the last throw to Jefferson, where he yeah. threw it down to about the three yard line. Are you kidding me? I mean, that guy can make every throw in the. He's an enigma. He he, he he is an enigma. Yeah. He alternates between looking like he can't walk without falling down right? and then making throws like that. Yeah. By the anyway. way, on Josh, on Josh Allen, he he's definitely tough enough to play through whatever these injuries are that he has. And I think the ulnar nerve may be just the latest of some undisclosed injuries. But whatever's going on with him is definitely affecting his confidence because he seems so tentative when he was receiving that snap, I think that that's partially on him. He, he was like afraid to get hit before he even got the ball. Mm. Well, and, 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 and what they said was that he's not used to taking a snap directly from center. He's, he's always in the shotgun. And so that's not, you think he probably practices that yeah. much. That's a fair point. It was an exciting game. <clears throat> um, definitely the highlight of the whole week. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, the second biggest highlight. I don't really know how it happened because the Packers <laughs> have sucked this year. I mean, the, the week before the Packers just lost to the Detroit Lions. Now I know the Lions beat the Bears, but the Bears, I mean, are garbage. They're not good, I, except for Fields. The Packers fields sucked good. most of that game. What happened? They were well, they doing, fourteen. You know, going you know what happened? Quarter. It's very obvious what happened. Fox Jack. put up a, a stat yep. that said oh. the Cowboys were 195 and, 0 and 0 zero. Were, yeah, when they were up 14 in the fourth quarter. So that's exactly what happened right there. It was like, well, this is over now. 195 and 0 going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. The bottom there, line. there are some stats that uh, will blow your head, and that's one of them. The, the bottom line is the Cowboys would be uh, solidly in first place in the NFC South, but Unfortunately, in the beast, who wouldn't be first? They're stuck in third, baby. Look, I, I, I said last week that I was worried about this game because the Cowboys always fuck up against the Packers, no matter whatever the stage is, whether it's regular season at Lambeau, home, you know, in divisional round against the Pack, they find a way to lose. Rogers finds a way to win. And, you know, what I wrote down was Cowboys do what they do versus Pack, because that's exactly what happened. I never felt comfortable, even though they're up 14. I just never felt comfortable. Or, you know, Cowboy talk text string was, you know, the the sky is falling the whole time, the whole fucking game. Everybody's like, run defense sucks. Can't make a stop. Dak is back to his old form. Uh, You know, they can't enjoy prosperity. Dak sucks. Dak is just a guy. Sorry. <laughs> he is just a guy. And and to be fair, I think the, the, the quarterback play in the NFL is definitely not spectacular this year, but Dak is just another dude. Well, kind of like Taylor, kind of like Taylor Heineke. You know, I got a bone to pick though with Kellen Moore. I mean, they've got, they've got third and three in overtime 
and they do two pass plays. They got Pollard has been ripping off runs of seven, nine, seven. Malik Davis went 16 yards, got called you know, back on a holding. They'd been gouging them. They were on their heels. Why are they fucking throwing the ball instead of running it up their ass and get a touchdown? Well, or have Kobe, Dak I, run it. I, I, it you, you, you do hit the nail on the head with coaching because you've said this at least on one or two other pods about the undisciplined play of the Cowboys. They, this team does so many unforced errors with flags. There were so many flags in that game that killed them. Offsides on a receiver? When's the last time you've seen that? Just bad. Bad. But I'm not that sad. Um, well, well, no, let me and, ask you this. And you know Where did be- you write Cowboys do what they do? Yeah, where did you? Where, 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 did you is that like? Is that like a on notebook? a? Is hey. that hanging on your wall now? <laughs> I, Cowboys got, do what they do versus pack. I can. Does Dak has does, some really good. Throws does Cheryl hang out on your refrigerator, like you know, like at the end of the week to show your home? No, no I, <laughs> I, in preparing for the pod, I'm like, how am I going to describe the Cowboys? It's easy. They do what they do against the pack. Fucking I, lose. I don't want this to Game. get lost, but. Someone on this pod, and I will keep his name anonymous, did suggest benching Aaron Rodgers yesterday. And that didn't age well. Oh, boy. Well, no, I mean, he made the key throws when it mattered. Someone on this this pod asked who the backup quarterback was for just, the Packers. I'm just wondering. I mean, I think it's a fair, it's a fair question. Really? Look, Rodgers is excellent at handing the ball off when the other team can't stop the fucking run. <laughs> Speaking of uh, just a guy, speaking of just a guy, what we learned also in yesterday's NFL games is that Patrick Meichler, if you want to coach an NFL team, you can too because just line up just behind Jeff Saturday because one and zero, baby. All you have to do, all you have to do, is say, "Wait a minute, the guy starting is worse than the guy on the bench." Let's flip flip flop that. He just was, he just lost a game as coach of a high school the week before. <laughs> he took the job on Tuesday. How does the how does McDaniel's like how does he still have a job? Why He's does he gone. keep getting opportunities? He's gone. It, it, you I mean that's you just can't lose to Jeff Saturday in his first game. How about no. this for, uh, you know if it weren't for Mike Vrabel, I think there would be a hard and fast rule that that no Patriots assistant coach should ever be a head coach. This is, this is twice now. More than uh, that. More than uh, that. How about the guy who was the Notre Dame coach? Oh, no, no, no. But, but we're just talking Matt, about this oh, is twice McDaniel. for McDaniel. Yeah, yeah, McDaniel. No, Denver yeah, and now terrible, this. Terrible. This is yeah. a train wreck. And, uh, the NFL also made its way uh, across the pond again. Where we found Tom Brady is now two and zero post divorce. That's right. Uh, That's right. Milk, you're you guys should play a lot more games in Germany. I guess. Um, I will tell you this: if there's one thing that, if you're an NFL fan, that you can learn from that game yesterday, if you watch, is you have got to have a running game. Like to win in this league. No, I thought and it was how to sing Sweet Caroline in the stands. That's right. That was a cool scene. And the beers they were serving, if you can see my picture, was even cooler. Well, yeah, they're, they're literally handing like, out it's like pictures of beer to people. We don't, 
You don't think they're drinking a fucking Mick Ultra that there, do you? <laughs> no way. No, come no, on, man. Like no, lager. You'd, be, it's, you'd have to be carried out of that game. I would, you'd be like, wait a minute, this you, isn't Mick Ultra. Milk, you couldn't survive one stein of that Oktoberfest I mean, they beer. they were literally giving out 64-ounce beers. That's the coolest Milk, thing ever. Are you on board with uh, Rashad White replacing Lenny Fournette as your no. go-to back? I think they can both live in the same same universe. But I don't. Rashad White is... He is smarter. He's faster. Uh, he just does so much. Lenny just sits there. Lenny's he, hurt too, isn't he? he yeah, he's, he's probably going to be better after the bye. But he just, he's that guy. He's like just, all he does is run up and down and doesn't go forward uh, while Rashad White just bursts through these holes. And, and Lenny, you'll see an open hole. They'll show the replay and Lenny will go to the, go absolute opposite of it straight into three defenders um, running games. What a difference it makes. Bucks look like a different team yesterday. Defense. Well, playing well. Rooster, now that I know that Giselle is cheating on Tommy. Now what? I'm starting to get, Oh yeah. She's what? hooking up with her yoga instructor. Oh yeah. Yeah, divorced. baby. It's all How's over page cheating? six. They're divorced. Rooster. Your, uh-huh. uh, your giants continue the run with a bunch of no names you you host the you host the Detroit Lions juggernaut this week, but then after that, the let's see what the Giants are made of. They've got something like Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, all in a row. All so, the NFC East teams. Two games against the Commanders. We go uh, we go wow. Giants yeah, by Giants. You know that Giants by yeah. Giants. I'm looking at I'm looking at probably three out of four wins there. Wow. <laughs> no, actually, look, we got rid of, and we got rid of Canary and, and kept Kenny Galladay, who dropped a ball uh Sunday right in his right in his hands. I mean, he's 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 probably gonna be gone I mean for the end four, of the year, too. Four out of the five people on this podcast would have caught that ball. And I'm gonna let you all decide who the one who dropped it is. <laughs> but and then how did uh how did Tony do? Right? How did he? How did he play? He he had the same kind of game he had one time last year for us, and I'm still glad we got rid of him. He's a bum. He's 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 a cancer. Much, he's, he might be, but he's going to be much better on the Chiefs. He played very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he a bum. Really well. He's going to find. He's going to have like a sore toe tomorrow, and it'll last for three weeks, and he won't play again. I think uh, beyond beyond the the story of the Cowboys loss and the huge bills Vikings game. I do think it was a little bit of a coming out party yesterday. Shout out to our friends, Tim and Tatum out in North Dakota, but Christian Watson finally, while he stumbled for weeks, he finally is as advertised. This guy is an athletic freak. He is so fast. He's, so he stumbled in that game early on, though. You just see uh, Rogers rolling his eyes and shaking his head at him when he uh, he well, slowed up. He slowed Rogers up threw on a, a dime. He's at yeah, the end he zone. Slowed, Watson slowed up and then had to speed up to try to make a one-handed catch in the end zone. If he had just kept running, it would have been an easy fourth touchdown, first first to four. Wow, so uh, Rogers must have had some words with him. NFL continues to. Uh, be as advertised with unpredictability, incredible games. Uh, there's a lot of fun coming up, but uh, was it, it was a good good week ten. Week uh, eleven doesn't have too many fun games coming up. I don't think. Wait, except, for the, except for the score Cowboys Vikings. 
You want a I predicted would, score tonight? Yeah. Uh, who's winning tonight's game? Let's talk about it. Eagles uh, game. I think it's going to be more of a defensive affair than people think. I think the weather is going to be cold. Um, I think the commander's defense continues to improve and get a little bit healthier. I think the Eagles defense is very good. And I think you're seeing something like a, maybe a 2016 win for the Eagles. Is wow. Chase Young going to play or no? That Chase Young is not playing tonight, but you know who is playing is uh, Jahan yeah. Dotson, who's been out since um, I think week three, maybe yeah. week four. Uh, and he had had a bunch of touchdowns. Uh, now Carson was throwing the ball then. So what will Heineke do? I don't know if there's any chemistry between them, but um, that's I, I, this is going to be this is going to be a bloodbath. Um, I think I think that the the commander's record with Dan Snyder is seven in 23 on Monday night football since Snyder's had the team seven in 23. And by the way, I'm stunned to learn that we've won seven. Just remember, Cowboys were 195 and 0 records can be broken. Mm -hmm. A lot of Mm -hmm. pressure to stay undefeated. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I have to tell you, in the land of Plaxico Locks, oh, there is someone that's starting to run away from us uh, because we all were really, really bad. Uh, two of us took the Seahawks. Um, Screw you. And lost. Um, so <laughs> me and Bison took the Seahawks. I dropped a five and five. Bison to three, six and one. Uh, Rooster. Fucking one. Rooster took the Cowboys uh, and dropped to three and seven. Milk took the Bears, and I don't even know what your strategy is. Dropped to five and five. <laughs> I don't either. I'm panicking. My strategy was, <laughs> it was a, it, mine was a no lose pick. If the Cowboys won, I, I won the lock. If they lost, good for me because the Giants are in second place, bro. Oh, whatever. Tell yourself that. Oh, today. yeah. Okay. Look, Tell hope, yourself that today. Hope was wise enough to choose the strategy of bet against Nathaniel Hackett as a coach and took mm-hmm. the Titans minus three and moved up to seven and three. We're going to have some work to do to wow, catch Pope. Pope. Seven and three. That's impressive. So word to Tad Thomas, you can start putting your bets in through Brian Pope. Pope. Yeah. Right. yeah. Wow. All right. So week 11, I'm going to get us kicked off. I am believing in the G men. And I think the lions come back down to earth uh, and I take the Giants minus three and a half. Oh, and you have will, three and a half? I've got three and a half. Okay. I'm going to move over to Milk to hear what interesting strategy you'll have this week. I'm still, I tried opposite. It didn't work. So I'm just going with my gut, which means I'm going to lose. I'm, I think the Bills are like really pissed after yesterday. Oh, yeah. The Browns look awful. Uh, the lines, I think, what do you got it at nine? Yeah, something I, like it's, that. It's at home in Buffalo. I think the Bills roll the Browns. Big. Nine and a half. Nine yeah, and a half. I'll take uh, minus the points. Take the Bills. Okay. Hmm. Bills minus nine and a half. Bison. I, I I don't know what to do this week. Um, but I, but this one is just jumping off the page at me. The Vikings, a home dog. The fuck. I don't <laughs> get it. <laughs> I don't get it. The Vikings. It does. Are I, don't, I don't. I don't really understand it after the Cowboys lost. Either. Yeah. I mean, it's only, it's only Cowboys are minus Cowboys. one. That's only because they're so popular. One. I have no idea. I'm taking the Vikings. Okay, that's a good. This is pick. what Vegas wants. This is what they want you to do. 
They're begging you. All right, Rooster, let's have your four games that you're picking this week. Yeah. I'm just going to go with one. I'm just going to go with one. I like your pick, House, but I'm going to go with I'm going against the worst team in football, the Texans. Um, the the Commanders are at Houston minus two and a half. I'm going with the Commanders. That's right. Guys good. All right. And we've got a leader in the clubhouse. Pope, you get to pick last after having hurt everybody. I mean, if I didn't have a loyalty issue, I would take the Vikings. I mean, I can't believe the Cowboys are favored after that debacle. But I identified before you mentioned it, House. I think G-Men giving three and a half with the Lions at home. I, I like I like the G-Men. It's mm. unbelievable we've reached the point where we're now betting on the G-Men. It is unbelievable we've reached that point. Congrats, Rooster. Thank you. Who would have had the Eagles and Giants combined at what fifteen and two at this yeah. point? Yeah, yeah. No one. No one. Yeah. By the way, the playoffs started today. The Bucks host the Giants, and I will yep. take that all day long, all day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I love your confidence. Same confidence yeah. you've had every week. <laughs> every week of this five and five season. Coming back <laughs> two and zero since the divorce. <laughs> That's the NFL. Well, and the Cowboys would All go right. to Seattle. Oof. All right. Let's uh let's NFL always fun. Uh go commanders, make us proud. Um look, we gotta do a World Cup preview. Uh and, and I that's about where I, I got that's what I got for you on it. I'm gonna <laughs> leave it leave it someone else at this point. So now, no, what is the World Cup exactly? Yeah, let's start there. Oh, come on. Listen, as much as you guys hate soccer, this is beyond soccer. This is this is an Olympics of their own kind. This is every four years, the greatest soccer played in the universe. The top two top 32 teams in the world after having gone through two years of qualifying. This is playing for country. Forget about club. Forget about everything else. This is playing for country. And they play in group stages where four teams to a group, eight groups, the top two teams out of each group after round robin play advance to the knockout stage. And once you get to the knockout stage, once you lose, you're out. And all games will be played in Qatar. So this is this is Bikram World Cup we're playing, right? This is Bikram World Cup. Yeah, uh, six, six days. The six average days. the average temperature right now is is what in Qatar? 110, maybe? I think about 110, 112, right? This, it makes total sense. This yeah. is oh. the Paola World Cup, what it takes to buy a World Cup. There's this is this will never happen again, I don't think, in a very, very long time. Everyone acknowledges this was a huge mistake. It has completely screwed up all world club team play all over the world. In every of the major leagues, you know, it's normally during the summer. Uh, they work it in. It doesn't really affect it that bad. Now it's right smack dab halfway in the middle of season. If players get injured, it could completely change the fortune of club teams around the world. So it's a cluster. But once we get beyond all the ugliness of cutter, of the time, of the temperature, you're going to see some of the best soccer that you could possibly imagine. There there are a ton of young guns on all these teams. There's a lot of drama on players that have been left out. It's going to be it's going to be an awesome, awesome World Cup. House, I do want to ask a question, though, because you, you said these are the 32 best teams in the world. No. And 
Well, my question is this, you, you know, how does it work that you bring these guys together who are playing on their club teams, you know, most of the time, like, how do they get the chemistry? What, how do they, why do these teams work? Well, for one, they're playing from time to time, some friendlies and assembling that chemistry. So they're playing games either that might just be a friendly that doesn't count for anything, or there are some other tournaments, for example, the CONCACAF gold cup of all the kind of teams on this half of the hemisphere. When USA plays teams from Mexico or Canada, Jamaica, the Caribbean, you know, they have a chance to play together and similarly in other parts around the world. But remember for a lot of these teams that continue to qualify every four years, the, the main core of their team stays together from four years earlier. So yeah. they might add a player or two. Now the USA team is very, very different, but a lot of these teams have, have look a lot like they did four years ago, adding a player or two or three. So the chemistry has been built in for a while. Like Ronaldo has been playing for team Portugal for 19 years. Yeah. Yeah. But Bison, I think to your point though, these are not the best 32 teams in the world. They're the 32 qualifying 32 teams. qualifying teams by the rules of their region. Clearly some of the it's, clearly some of the European teams would could could beat, you know, Morocco and some of the other, you know, lesser teams. Ghana. Great point. I mean, great right. point. I, I think it's fair to say that Italy is probably better than Ghana and we will not be seeing Italy this year. Right. Italy's not in, huh? Italy nope. did not qualify this year. Hmm. Hmm. Even though they're the second, they have the second most World Cup titles in the world. You know, yeah, that's history, in history. How's how's Italy handling that? Not well. Not well. <laughs> they elected a new government. Um, <laughs> yes. All right. Why. Okay. Authoritarianism uh, broke out because they couldn't make the World Cup. <laughs> well, so we've got eight groups. Is that right? Eight groups. All right. Let's let's just plow through them a little bit here. Uh, we divided them up. This will be um, no doubt spot on and useful information coming, especially for me. I'm going to start with A, Group A. Um, so you've got uh, Qatar, Senegal, Netherlands, not to be confused with Denmark, uh, and, and Ecuador. And I think the thing, a couple things to note, um, keep an eye on the Senegal. I think it's the Senegal goalkeeper. Uh, is the Chelsea goalkeeper in, in the EPL, um, Edouard Mendy. He has 14 clean sheets so far this season. Um, and I think last year he was fourth in the Premier League in saves at 73.7%. So keep an eye on the Senegal uh, goalkeeper who could be a difference maker, right? I mean, that's that's a big, that's a big uh, important position to have uh, in these in these games. And then my guy playing for the Netherlands, uh, Virgil van Dijk uh, from Liverpool, uh, probably the, at least, at least up until a year ago, the premier defensive player, I think in probably in the world, uh, had some injuries, maybe slowed him down a bit, but still uh, pretty dominant. My picks to come out of group A, uh, I don't think this is, is going to surprise anyone, but I have the Netherlands and, and actually Ecuador. How'd I do, House? I think you did great, but I think actually uh, one of the bigger surprises in this whole tournament could come from Senegal. 
Ooh, uh, they they right. are they are stacked stacked with talent, and I would be surprised if Senegal did not make it out of Group A. They actually have the talent to win Group A altogether. Wow. Most most pundits are saying Netherlands will win Group A, but Senegal could surprise, and I think you'll see a lot of people s- s- uh, count Senegal as a dark horse, not to win the whole thing, but to advance further than some others might think. Okay. All right, House, take us into Group B. Well, Group B is going to get most of the attention here in the United States because Group B includes the USA. And yes. what's crazy about Group B, just if you want to think about how condensed the town is, how hard it is to pick Group Group B, all four teams are ranked in the top 20 of FIFA. So FIFA has world rankings of the whole world. And the top team in the group is England at fifth. But then after that, you have the USA at 16, Wales at 19, and Iran at, I think, 20. So you got 16, 19, 20, and five. So I think everybody expects with all of the talent just up and down the Prem League from England, they are just very, very solid. The three Lions are looking to get their first World Cup championship since 1966. Uh, They uh, took fourth in the 2018 World Cup. They, of course, have Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, and Declan Rice. They've got the breakout star of Man City, Phil Foden. They've, They've got a ton, ton of talent. Their backline D, Definitely has some problems. They're facing some injuries. There's some questions about Jordan Pickford as goalie uh, over from Everton, but they do have Trent Alexander-Arnold on the back line. Uh, I think they are the prohibitive favorite in Group B. After that, it is really tough picking between Iran, USA, and Wales. And I will tell you, on Black Friday, Friday, November 25th at 2 o'clock Eastern, you are going to see ratings off the charts when England plays USA in one of probably what will be one of the more watched soccer events, in the, at least in the United States, in a long, long time. The USA has a lot of hope, most of them behind um, Chelsea forward Christian Pulisic. But they also have a lot of really talented young kids, uh, Tyler Adams, Serginio Dest, Tim Weah. Um, they have some questions. Matt Turner, the Arsenal keeper, may end up being the starting keeper on goaltender. Um, there are definitely some issues on the back line also. Um, you guys re- might remember uh, former USA World Cup and other otherwise big star for the USA team, Claudia Reyna. His son, hmm. Gio Reyna, is now a forward on the team. Keep your eyes on him. You're going to see a lot, a lot about Josh, Josh Sargent, Gio Reyna, Christian Pulisic. Um, Brendan Aronson is a young up-and-comer now playing for Leeds that's over from, uh, from, from uh, the Philadelphia Union over to the Leeds United team. I don't know. I'd like to see them come out of it. I I think they're going to struggle struggle with Wales and Iran. They're going to probably need it close to a tie against England and just beat straight out Wales or Iran. I'm going to say that um, England, and I'll go Homer, I will say England and USA come out of Group B. And after that, it's very likely that uh, USA could face Senegal in the knockout round and probably get beaten there, but we'll see. 
All right. Is, is uh, Alexi Lawless still on the USA team? Alexi Lawless is in the booth. He's not. He's he doesn't not on play our team anymore. anymore. No, he's <laughs> cut. He's cut his hair and his beard, and he's now yeah. in the booth. Tim Howard's a goalie, right? right. Tim, Tim Howard is also not on our team anymore. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hope Solo. Damn it. Who who is our goalie? Who, who is our goalie? Probably Matt Turner. Hmm. Boring. Who'd game. you pick to come out second behind England? US. US. He went homer. There you go. Yeah. Nice. I'm not gonna say I ran. Right. No, God, no. Gosh, don't say that. <laughs> Fuck Wales. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Do you think England comes out of there with nine points? No, I do not. Who's gonna beat England? No one. Who's no, gonna tie? Some, who's gonna tie? Draws. I believe Look, we say. I believe we call it a draw, mate. Yeah. yeah it, I think England has two right. very emotional matches against both the USA and Wales. Let's not forget, Wales has yeah. a lot on the line to prove to the big brother that they can yeah. take them down. Uh, at least one of those games ends in a draw. Mark it down. All right. Who, Keep going, House. Go with Prince of Wales might have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, group C, all eyes are on Leo Messi and Argentina. Yes. Messi... The one thing that has eluded his very star-studded career is a World Cup championship. And you can tell when he's on the field how badly he wants it. The difference this year is it's probably the most talented team that has surrounded him in all of his time. Argentina is now the third-ranked team in the world in FIFA rankings. Everything is going to surround uh, the play of Messi, but they're stacked. They have a lot of other uh, excellent players on their team. Lotaro Martinez from Inter Milan, Paulo Dybala from uh, Roma. Uh, they've got um, a really, really talented squad. They should have no problems coming out of Group C at all. Um, they will have to get through Mexico, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is the 51st ranked team. I think they're probably going to get blanked in that group. The 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 matchup between... Do they play soccer like Liv? You know, with music yes. and yes. shorts and... <laughs> the, 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 the matchup between Poland and Robert Lewandowski and uh, Mexico and Chucky Lozano, that's going to be a really interesting match. The, the winner of Poland-Mexico will decide who comes out of group C in second place. I'm going to go with Argentina and I'm going to go with Poland. Okay. All right. I've got group D. Uh, we have France, Denmark. Is, is Denmark the one with the tulips <laughs> or, the, or the dams? I can't That's remember. Holland has the tulips. Who has oh the my dams? The, who has the dams? You know, that you, never mind. That's All right, France, Holland. Denmark, damn, Australia, and Tunisia. Uh, France, um, you got to watch for uh, for Mbappe. And Mbappe. Uh, but also, also, though, France playing very, very tough defense right now. They've really committed to the defensive game. Um, so keep an eye on, on the defense that France plays. Um, Denmark, though, Really, one of the most balanced teams overall. I think top to bottom, uh, they've got a lot to offer. Australia, they're down under, uh, and Tunisia again. Tunisia's committed to the defensive game. 
That's some top uh, level got, analysis from the SMQBs right there. Well, I love it. They're down. I'm, they're down under. I'm 24 hours behind in <laughs> Australia, so I'll get to get back to you <laughs> in 24 hours. I've got France and Denmark coming out of uh, of Group D. You Good disagree, talk. Rooster? Do you disagree? No, with no, that? not at all. That's a solid I didn't think pick. So. That's a I, solid that's what pick. I thought. Solid Shit. picks, mate. Yeah, geez. All right. Oh, you didn't have Tunisia coming out of there? You really went out on a limb. Well, (laughs) listen. Jesus. Well, now I'm pulling for Tunisia just because you said that. Go Tunisians. Uh, Pope, why don't you jump in here? All right, we got group E. We got group E. What's your homework homework say on this one? You got Spain do what what they do. Spain do what they do. Spain do what they do. (laughs) So you got you got two heavyweights that are prohibitive favorites to come out of Group E in Spain and Germany. Germany's got four-time World Cup winner. Spain won in 2010. Um, They're you know both ranked in the top ten. FIFA uh, Costa Rica is going to be a tough out. They always play you know real competitive in the. division that us is finally able to get through uh but i don't see them doing much and japan is you know they're 24th so yeah they might win a game maybe a draw but but really the focus is on spain uh they have this young guy pedri uh who plays with barcelona who's uh probably going to be one of the best players in the group and then germany's got a rising star jamal musiala uh, who's only 19 years old with Real Madrid. And so I think um, that uh, Germany and Spain are pretty clear favorites in Group E. Group F, uh, you have the third place Russia 2018 World Cup team in Belgium. And you've got the runner-up 2018 World Cup in Croatia. Uh, you also have Canada, who uh, has no fucking chance. Sorry, Paul Miller. <laughs> And Morocco, um, who I think is only there because they play in some African division and Morocco is able to get through, uh, but they would definitely lose to Italy and probably even, uh, as you know, Liechtenstein and some other small countries. <laughs> Liechtenstein, where's that? <laughs> what are you talking that's, about? There's like I, tons of good teams in Africa. Way, that, I, that's from his trip to uh, <laughs> Oktoberfest. <laughs> Liechtenstein. I think. I think Pope's uh, analysis was excellent. I will just note that Group E is going to be tougher than I think people think. Everyone's calling Group E. There's always one group that's the group of death. It's the hardest one to get a win out of. And Japan and Costa Rica are no slouches. I mean, Japan, indeed, if Japan were... If Japan were in Group F or Group H, they'd probably have a really reasonable shot of being the second team out of that. They get stuck in the group of death. They're going to have a hard team. They have a must win against Costa Rica and Costa Rica is not too shabby either. So watch group B. There's going to be some fun play in that. But I think, I think overall though, I mean, group B to me is more group of death than group E uh, because Costa Rica is 31 and Spain's and Japan is 24. I mean, you know, you got your four top 20 teams in, in group B, like you were talking about house. Uh, But let's look at in group F, you know, Belgium, they have uh, Kevin De Bruyne with Manchitty, who's clearly probably the best player in uh, for Belgium and probably one of the best players, along with Luka Modric, who plays for uh, Real Madrid. And I thought uh, he played for the Mavericks. That'd be Luka Doncic. 
Oh, and he's from Slovenia, and he's called Luka. MVP okay. next time you he, say he is. He is the Mavericks. <laughs> no yeah. question. So anyway, uh, Luca won the Golden Ball in 2018 as best player for the for, um, World Cup. And I think I, I just don't see Canada or Morocco doing any kind of uh, resistance to Croatia and Belgium, and they move on, I think, pretty easily. Uh, I, I've got Belgium over Croatia right now as far as one, two in, in Group F. And Group E, I've got Germany over Spain, one, two. All right. Well done, Pope Rooster. You're up. Take us home with G and H. All right. Group G is Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Brazil is the odds-on favorite to win the whole thing. Um, they are led by the following group of score scoring machines. Neymar, who may be the best player on the planet. Um, Jesus, Richardson, Pedro, Rapinha, Rapina. And Radigio. Is that Rapinoe? Well, I'm not every, sure. If, I'm not sure if you just Megan? listed 12, 12 players or three. One, two, three, four, five. I heard six, Megan Rapinoe. There are six players on this team who who are who have high odds to win the scoring title in the World Cup. They, Brazil's going to cut through this group like a hot knife through butter. Yes, I think that I, I have them scoring nine points in Group G. Coming out of Group G, so the question is, who's number two? And I think number two comes down to the third week of the third uh, game, which is going to be on December second, where Serbia plays Switzerland. Yes. Winner of that game is is the second one out of out of Group G. Um, Serbia has some good finishers. It seems like everyone on their team is named Dusan. They've got Dusan Tadic and Dusan Vladovic, along with Mitrovic. Um, but Mitrovic Switzerland, is Switzerland is a defensive machine, and every year they they just are. They in 2006 World Cup they were eliminated without having conceded a goal. Wow, that's amazing. That's an amazing thing if you think that through. So well, that's 16 um, years ago. Yeah, but they're still the same style of play. Sure. Um, I I. I think it's a coin toss. I'm going to go with Switzerland um, in a defensive struggle, topping Serbia to be the number two out of Group G. But it's, it's like I say, it's a coin toss. Group H, this is the last time probably in the World Cup for the trio of um, Cristiano, Ronaldo, Patricio, and Pepe. Uh, these guys are getting older. They've been playing for a long time. Chris Ronaldo's 37 years old. He's starting to get cranky as uh, house knows in at Man U. Yeah, no kidding. I um, mean, he's, he's, he's upset all the time. I just don't see him playing a whole lot longer, but um, they're going to walk through that group as well. And then the question is out of the remaining teams, Ghana, Uruguay, and the Korean Republic, which is South Korea, who, who makes it through. Um, <clears throat> You've got. I think I think there's there's no chance it's not Uruguay. Uruguay has got yes, ex- an yes. easy schedule. They play South Korea, then they play Portugal. They're going to lose that game, but then they play um, uh, Ghana. So they're going to come out of there with two wins. 
I think, and uh, six points. And the other teams are going to str- struggle to get points. They're just terrible. So I, I've got <clears throat> I've got Portugal and Uruguay coming out of Group H, and Brazil and either Serbia or Switzerland coming out of Group G. My big surprise in the World Cup is that Portugal does not make it out of that group. Uruguay wins the group and South Korea surprises. I think there's so much just about the name of Ronaldo. I think Uruguay is a really, really talented squad and might even win one knockout game. That'll be fun. That's a fun group. South Korea's had six different coaches since 2010. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't see that happening. All right. Good, good job, guys, on that house. I do have a couple just quick follow-up questions. You know, of course, we're laughing a little bit through this, but it is really exciting. And it is uh, when you start seeing the coverage around the world and the excitement that this brings to different countries, um, you know, it's really pretty cool to, to see the whole world sort of pause and paying attention to one thing at a time. But house, where do we watch this? Where, where, where can people tune in if they're looking for World Cup action? And how long does it go on? So I guess it begins the the twentieth, the twentieth, and yep. goes for a couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be, I believe, it's definitely on a major network. It's I forget which Ocho. network. Fox, no, it's not a, Yeah, it's on Fox. <laughs> Fox got it. All the and, different Fox uh, Yeah, I mean the the the, the cool thing is there's going to be a lot of afternoon games if you want to skip out from work. I think they're about seven hours ahead. Uh, so you're looking at a lot of noon to four o'clock games in this. Um, I don't know if okay. we, were, we were talking about how this winds up in terms of the the final 16 and the, the semis and, and all that stuff. But I think the one shame that could happen the World Cup, the way all this has played out is that because Argentina and Brazil are likely to win their groups, they are likely to play each other in the semis, which would be a real shame because either one of them could could win it all. But it's very, very likely that you're going to see a semifinal match that might equal the final between Argentina and Brazil. If that happens, and uh, th- I think that would be a bummer, but there's a good chance you're going to see something spectacular like either Argentina versus France or Argentina versus Belgium or Brazil versus Belgium or Brazil versus France. I think that's a real, real strong chance. It it should be incredible, incredible soccer for a couple of weeks. We got to do our final British pub, find a British pub and we got to do our picks and go watch going in. I'm going to go with, um, I, this is really sentimental because I'd, I've, it's been my favorite soccer player forever. I'm going to say that Messi and that squad puts it all together. And then Argentina faces France in the final and Argentina takes it. They finally take a cup for Messi. Pope, what do you got? So I got Argentina and Brazil, who are probably the two best teams in the tournament in the semis, just like Cal said. And then I got Belgium and I got England going into the court. Wow. The semis. And then I got Argentina taking it, Messi finally getting it over Belgium. Final. Yeah. Rooster? I think Brazil gets through and and beats England. Wow. Ooh. Milk, milk. This is you the one guys, our fans are, you our guys fans are waiting for this. I'm taking the Americans. Yeah, Milk. Yeah. <laughs> USA. Let's and go. Listen, 
I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to surprise you with my pick, but I see it. It's going to happen. I'm taking the commanders. That's it. Right. I'm in with the commanders. <laughs> That's not a pick. You know what's spectacular, by the way? Next week, I'm bringing a blank map to this podcast, and then I'm going to call on each of you. I'm going to call a country out, and you're going to have to point out to where it is in, on the map. Can now, I bring my is, son this, with me? This has been very helpful for my geography. I'm, I've learned a couple <laughs> lessons today already. All right. Uh, we've got time for like 20 seconds of, of quick takes. Uh, if anybody's got one. Well, quick take on college. We're not going to cover it. Is that uh, Oregon is out. LSU survived. TCU survived. Big game next week. You see it. USC, UCLA is going to tell us whether the Pac-10 is going to have anybody coming up, Pac-12, whatever, for college football. But not that big a week next week. The week after, it'll shake it all out. I'd, I'd like a quick apology from Pope to TCU. Can we get that? <laughs> Fuck TCU. They are not that No, big. no, no, no. You keep saying that every week. Yeah, well, Baylor's going to be a tough game for them, I predict, at Baylor. Pope, my, my, my question to you is, I know we're not there yet, but who wins right now the Michigan-Ohio State game? Ohio State. Wow. Okay. How, how, how great was it? And they'll for, knock Michigan out. One half where we all thought Satan was going to have three losses. So. Oh, I that know. It was nice. That was good. That's good stuff. All right. Anybody else? House, I know you want to say it. Go ahead. Do your shout out. I, I hope everybody got to see the greatest performance by a center in a long, long time in Embiid last night. The stat line was incredible. No one's, I mean, he had, he had 20, I was there. It was nuts. He, the ball never left his hand. He made one pass. One other player shot the ball in the fourth quarter Tobias Harris and Bede made all their points and had like four or five blocks in the fourth. It, when he decides to take over a game, no one can stop him. And I know that Kelly Olnick is not the one to g- judge it on, but he scored over a hundred points his last two games. He's, he's a monster. If milk was on Kelly Olenek's shoulders, I wouldn't think he was the one who could stop him either. So, <laughs> but still, pretty impressive, pretty impressive game last night. You know, I really wanted to watch that game too. I really did. <laughs> I thought about it for a second. Took Laura to a Celtics game years ago, and she was looking at Olenek playing, and she thought the back of his jersey said oink. <laughs> she thought his name was oink. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Laura, All right. my goodness. Let's punch some motherfuckers. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. More But tonight, don't call it a comeback. House, he went up for us. There's Listen, a lot this week. Man. There's so many people. While. There's so many people to punch, but I I cannot control my rage against the most hated athlete in the universe and Max Verstappen. Yes, mm. Max yes. Verstappen Bam. is such a dick. Yeah. This guy, just for everyone's understanding that doesn't listen to F1, he's already locked up everything this year. He, no one can touch him as being the champion driver of 2022 in F1. Also, there's another championship that goes to the best car manufacturer, the best car team that called a constructor. Nobody can touch Red Bull. They have clinched both of them. They are not touchable. By the way, 
his championship definitely last year in the last race of the year in Abu Dhabi. And certainly this year has been made possible by one of the most unselfish, incredible drivers, great defenders in Checo, uh, Sergio Perez. And so what's happening in the race at the end of yesterday, Max Verstappen gets into an accident early in the race. He actually gets penalized five seconds for causing that accident with Lewis Hamilton. And he's really not going to be in the mix. He's not going to be on what's called the podium, the top three. And so sometimes on ESPN, they share with you the radio of the engineers as they're talking to the drivers. It is prestigious, even if you're not the champion, to be in the top three racers in all of F1. The race for number two is very, very close. And right now, Max's teammate, Sergio Perez, has a great chance of getting number two. So as the race is drawing to its final lap, you hear the engineer get on the radio and say, Max, you're in front of Checo. Please seed way, give up the two-second lead that you have over Checo, and let Checo finish in front of you. Every point counts. To which you then hear Max's response when he says, guys, I'm not doing this. I've made my feelings known about this before. That will be the final word. Don't ask me again. I'm not doing it. Max Verstappen, who is going to finish first, his team's going to finish first. This asshole wouldn't give up two seconds on a racetrack to his teammate so that his teammate can take second. And what how, big, it's what even bigger worse, dick is there? It's even worse than that because remember that Checo let Max go by him because at the at one point in the race – Max was going to try and hunt down the guy in front of him. Uh, I think it was Alonzo at the time. And so Checo let him go. And they said at the time, we'll get, if you can't catch Alonzo, we need you to give that place back. Right. This is, this is team stuff. This happens all the time, but they were going to try and and have, you know, uh, Max hunt down one more place. So it wasn't, he didn't get in front of Perez because he was a better driver. He got there because Perez let him go by to try and go after because uh, of the tire situation. And there was a race then, earlier this year. Checo gave up a spot to Max. Yeah. Checo could have won the race. More than a few. It, yeah. Well, he you, is you know what Max. Max is evidently his uh, his response and why he claims he's doing what he's doing. The Monica have read up on that. Allegedly, yeah. His, yeah. his team, not, not Red Bull, but his you know crew, whatever, thinks that Checo intentionally crashed at Monaco during qualifying. So he would finish first and sit on the pole because Max is going to have a faster lap. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Perez did win Monaco. But that's total bullshit. And and if you look back, like you're talking about Abu Dhabi last year, Perez held up Ham for 10 seconds, which allowed which allowed him to win the championship. For sure. sure. I mean, he's a he's a a shit. Class A dick. And you know what? The dick punch in the face. Just that Red Bull it. team has a problem now. Oh, yeah. They, they have a problem going yeah. forward. Well, if Checo has any balls next year, he's racing hard against Max, and he's not playing as yeah. a good teammate. Yeah. Well, that's I a agree. problem for Red Bull. <laughs> as, yeah. much, as much as I hate Dan Snyder, and who's our repeat winner as a punchable face, Max is now my number one for 2022. We're at the middle of November, and for 2022, Max is in first place for my punchable face of the year. Taking the lead. Well. It's Not funny crazy. you should mention it. It's funny you should mention that. <laughs> because Dan Snyder is saying Max Verstappen hold my beer. 
because I got to punch him again. And this does give me pleasure, but uh, no, it's, this is awful. You know, of course, everybody's familiar with Brian Robinson, the rookie from, uh, I guess from Alabama, right? Pope. And and who was on the commanders was going to be named the starting running back this year. And he gets shot in an attempted carjacking in DC. Uh, Robinson's recovered. He's come back. He's played uh, probably not a hundred percent, but he's looked good uh, playing. And, Last week, the Washington, D.C. Attorney General announces that he's going to have a major uh, statement the next day regarding the commanders, uh, an investigation into the commanders, at which point the commanders decide to issue a statement that leads off with five weeks ago, eight weeks ago, a young player on our team was shot in the District of Columbia. And the attorney general is focused on on this team instead of cleaning up crime, blatantly using the Robinson situation as a shield. By the way, uh, small detail, the attorney general in the District of Columbia does not prosecute uh, shootings and things like that. That's left up for the uh, district attorney, United States district attorney. Um, so the, the, the AG has no authority to do anything there. But just the the way they came out and used it, and I thought Robinson's agent had the best tweet on it. He comes out and he says, you know, the commanders and the Snyders have been gracious and wonderful the way they've handled this whole thing. And basically he was like, and I knew it was going to fucking come to an end at some point. And here it is, whoever wrote that statement. So so Jason Wright, the president of the commanders, has to come out, backtrack in the middle of the night, like at midnight, release a statement, backtracking off it just once again. Fuck you, Dan Snyder. You cannot do any. There's just no class. There's no class in that building at all. It's it's awful. He's gonna. Right. It's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great final. Can I just just do one last punch? Yes. Uh to the nation of Qatar, the host, and particularly Abdullah Al Nasari, the head of security at the World Cup in Qatar. Just to tell you, Qatar. This World Cup does not belong to you. It belongs to the world because uh, there are going to be people that are going to be rooting in the stands in Qatar that Qatar is not tolerant of their views or tolerant of who they are. And so Abdullah al-Nasari said, if you want to express your views on the LGBT cause, do so in a society where it will be accepted. Do not come and insult an entire society. We will not change the religion for the 28 days. If a fan raises a rainbow flag in a stadium and it is taken away, it will not be because we want to offend him, but to protect him. If we don't, another spectator could attack him. If you buy a ticket, it is to attend a football match and not to demonstrate. I don't really think it requires much more comment. This nope. nation did not deserve this. They're intolerant. They're bigots. It's a shame it's being played there. And the whole nation and Abdullah al-Nasari gets a kick in the whatever he has under that skirt. If you host the World Cup, do you automatically get in? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to qualify. Yeah. No, Correct. Right. That's why we are definitely in in 26. Right. Right. Yeah. Yay. All right. Lots of punches to go around. Hey, Rooster, you have a good lasso for us. I do. Um, 
You know, you guys are so angry and violent. I think it's time for <laughs> Whoa. one of the nicer, oh, one of the oh, nicer. Oh, really? Oh, really? Look at this. Right. Love, hot. love the king of planet. Love. Where's your kettle? Oh, it's a rooster for the compassionate segment. A pugilist. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is about Susan Waldman, um, who is a pioneer in the male-dominated world of sports broadcasting. She uh, she was the second woman in the history of Major League Baseball to be a play-by-play TV announcer uh, for the Yankees back on WPIX, which uh, is the station I grew up listening to Yankees games on, uh, sometimes in black and white milk <laughs> and uh with rabbit ears so from the mid nine right? from the mid 90s she was the second woman play-by-play announcer and then in 2005 she became their color commentator along with the lead announcer john sterling for the radio program um and since i'd say since about 2015 she's really had to carry that duo because he's becoming i don't know what um He's just he's just forgetful and miss makes bad calls during the game, and she's the class act that keeps keeps that together. Um, she's such a class act that in 1999 she's the one who brokered the end of the feud between George Steinbrenner and Yogi Berra, allowing Berra to come back and participate in old timers games and all that. Um, Interestingly, for our group of lawyers, she's also she was also a plaintiff in a medical malpractice case uh, against Mount Sinai and two pathologists who told her that her that she was cancer free after being diagnosed with breast cancer. And she wasn't um, wound up with, I think, two radical mastectomies as a result and got a two million dollar plaintiff's verdict against the hospital. But um, last week she was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. So I just want to say. Cheers to Susan Waldman. She really is a class act. She grew up a diehard Red Sox fan and is now what they call Ma Pinstripes in New York. Nice. That's a good one, Rooster. That's a good one. Good, good one, one, Rooster. All right. I'm going to give you one more to take us out for the day. Um, and th- this is, I think, also a good one. Um, this goes out to Cameron Babb of Ohio State, a fifth-year senior who's had four ACL injuries. He was a four-star recruit when he got to Ohio State. And he's had four ACL injuries, multiple setbacks. He's been voted captain of the team. They have this new new tradition at Ohio State, which is the block O. Uh, when the NCAA started letting people wear the number zero, uh, they, they, I guess, elect or vote for the guy who represents strength and courage and leadership. And he's this year block O. Uh, So he wears the number zero on the field. And in the fourth quarter against Indiana on Saturday, he caught his first pass and his first touchdown uh, of his career. And if you haven't watched the way the team mobs him and the coaches, I mean, I'm telling you, it was about five to 10 minutes on every single person that sideline wanted to give that kid a hug and congratulate him. And it's really just some of the best of college sports. Uh, So if you haven't checked that out, Please do. And Cameron Babb, you get a Ted Lasso. And week. he broke down, you know, as he's oh, yeah, in the end definitely. zone with his helmet. Awesome. Like you couldn't see his face. Yeah. That's and then how about the quick how about a quick Ted Lasso to Ted Lasso for sending Ted Lasso uh quotes to all the 
players for the U.S. soccer team to their hometowns and putting up billboards. That that's was so awesome. cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. so cool. That's cool. Very cool. Very cool. I think before we go, though, we need to send our condolences to the families of Lavelle Davis Jr., Sean Perry, and Devin Chandler, who were tragically shot and killed uh, at the University of Virginia by a f- former teammate uh, on the football team. Sentence. Tragic mass yeah, shooting real. in Charlottesville. Yeah. Very sad to wake up. Very sad. All right, guys. All right, let guys. the listeners know, House, what jersey you have on. Since yeah, uh, AJ Brown tonight. AJ Brown. So, so that's a new part. That's a new purchase. Is that purchase AJ Brown? It's AJ okay. Brown. Yeah, yeah. You, you got Brown. that. You got that in the last nine months. AJ oh, Brown. Go, I don't know if I'm going to go in New Jersey. Interesting. Suck it, right. Commanders. Go Suck it. Watch this game. Suck it, Commanders.
The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michaeler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.